In this episode of The Fool Nerd, wait, in this episode of The Fool Nerd, RTX gets its killer app, Radeon 7 is gone, and Elena tells you when is the best time to buy PC parts. Welcome to The Fool Nerd, episode 104. I'm your host, Gordon Ung, with co-host Brad Charkas. Back in my box. As always, we have Elena Yee. Back. And Adam Patrick Murray, controlling the vertical and horizontal. Uh, Gordon, uh, I have a question. Um, if you don't mind muting your phone this time, just so we don't get any random calls from well, CEOs of yeah. major companies. I can, I can just, just program just, it to have any CEO. No, call. just just mute it. You know, <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, even if Jensen calls yeah. or, you know... Lisa Sue's talking yep. about the death of Radeon 7, you know. <laughs> Shit fake. I, there's a certain point where you can fake it. I think people realize we faked, I faked Saya Nardell calling me on my phone because it's like. Oh, wait, hold on. That was fake? Yeah, no, that was real. Yes. The, <laughs> the CEO of a, a multi billion dollar company is like, I got so, three. Give me the phone. I'm going to call these a holes up. Is this Who's like pirating what, my windows? Is this one of those apps that people use to get themselves out of awkward dates? Yes. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> oh, my God. It's an emergency. Sorry, I got to go. No, it, really, it really is. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But it looked pretty real, didn't it? You want to make it do it again? No, no, yeah. no. We should probably talk about uh, something that. That uh, I think we're we're all pretty excited to talk about. I know I am. Which one? Uh, the uh, control. Oh yes. Yeah. RTX's you killer app. Off maybe. The rails again. I was preparing myself. No. No. Yes. No. Off the app. rails. Killer app, of course, is a term of the application that supposedly makes or breaks. Like finally, something Visicalc made. You know, personal computers in a lot of ways. Question is: Is the brand new Remedy game Control? The killer app that finally proves DirectX ray tracing is real. Uh, and for those uh, who are listening, uh, we did a review video with Hayden. And when Brad was in here in the studio, uh, you should check that out on our YouTube. It was awesome. And then yesterday, at the end of the day, even though everything was broken and we retired, Gordon and I live streamed uh, testing control and the RTX features on a 2080 Ti, a, a 2060 Super, two laptops, one with the 2060, one with the 2080 Molding. Both Max Q. 2080 Max Q. Yeah, no, so. uh, 2060 was a straight up. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. I don't think they've actually formally introduced a 2060 Max Q part. Uh -oh. It sounds like that's a video I want to watch, actually. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't, you know, we're, we're not sitting there doing high-level analysis. Uh, that's probably not either of our strong suits for this stuff. But it was kind of fun to see it running on these different pieces of hardware and kind of see what you could get uh, realistically. Because uh, there's a lot of stuff out there about theoretically, but, you know, we, we kind of took to one one area at the beginning of the game, so no spoilers, and, and just kind of ran, a, ran around in the hallway, turned right. some stuff on, turned some stuff off, tried some stuff. Uh, and people are already asking, you know, do we think, based off of, uh, you know, everything we've done so far, do we think that can, con control can be run on any of these video cards at 4K with ray tracing on? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's... Yeah. The thing that makes uh, ray tracing so interesting in Control is that it's the first game to actually include all kinds of different RTX technologies. So it's going to hit your GPU real hard. Uh, like if you look at like Battlefield 5, that'll have ray trace reflections. Or if you look at Shadow of the Tomb Raider, it has ray trace shadows, hence the name, I guess. Uh, but Control actually has four to five different ones in it baked in. 
It has, I have it right here, uh, ray trace reflections, you know, for like, you know, water on the ground or whatever. Uh, ray trace transparent reflections, which makes a huge difference in the game. The game's in like an office setting full of glass windows, glass doors and stuff, and that reflects the environment around you in those windows. And it sounds stupid, but it's mega awesome. Um, ray trace contact shadows, uh, ray trace indirect diffuse lighting, so... It like the colors make a difference to this the objects that they hit, uh, and finally something called ray chase debris, uh, which to me I'd never heard of it before. It sounds like you're basically just saying, yeah, all the other technologies run that on debris as well. So this is running all different kinds of ray tracing technologies, and it's the first major title to do that. And it is stunning. I mean, uh, apart from the game itself, which Hayden also put out his review article on PC World, you should definitely read it. Really good review. I think he gave it four and a half out of five, wow. correct? Oh, wow. I'm just going to... People who like Remedy, uh, Remedy games, like Max Payne era style Remedy games, or you might be an Alan Wake era weird Remedy fan, um, Hayden says this game's like a perfect combination of the two, the culmination of their creative endeavors, so... Definitely go check that out if you're interested. Uh, yeah, some. Uh, I, I mean, I have a really soft spot in my heart for Max Payne because it was the first game I saw running on a PC and being like, "Oh wow, that's what PC gaming can be." Really, uh, oh, Max Payne he, was awesome. Yeah, it was. It was amazing. And then I saw a review. Man, I'm sorry, I I, I can't remember who who had it in the headline, but somebody said uh, that uh, it has a, a touch of Super Metroid in it. Uh, and it made me realize, yeah, because so much about the game is exploring and opening up new places, you know, and kind of like uh, exploring ar- around the building that that it's crazy. And and to have these like high level lighting and reflective features in that just makes it that much more realistic to uh, to explore. So hmm. do you think it's the Nick- game, though, that will make finally make, you know, DXR slash RTX, although they're they're very different things, right? It makes a massive difference, I feel. Um, so did Metro Exodus. Metro Exodus's global illumination ray tracing uh, completely changed the feel of the game, made it feel much more stealthy as opposed to more of an action game. Mm-hmm. But that didn't come across so well moment to moment or uh, in screenshots. Uh, it's a huge difference with control. Uh, it's also a huge difference in frame rate. But yeah, we'll, we'll get on that. You could, you could turn it on and off in game. And we were doing that in the video I did with Hayden, the review video. And the game is beautiful regardless. But when you turn on ray tracing, it's just night and day difference. It makes tactical difference, too, because at one point he was fighting different people. And he like he's like, where's that rocket coming from? But I could tell because I could see the reflection of the bad guys in the mirrors in the windows behind him where they were hiding elsewhere in the environment that was off camera. So it opens up gameplay stuff like that, too. It's just really stunning, really oh, cool. interesting. Yeah. How do they balance that out, though? Because, I mean, clearly, if you sort of have a little bit of an advantage, well, it's not a multiplayer, but if you have a little bit of an advantage with ray tracing, I guess it just doesn't change that much. If well, you're... and also the the game, I mean, I've, I've put in uh, quite a few hours into it already. I mean, it's... It, like I can see how it would tactically help you, but I think overall you're going to be pretty strong anyway. Okay. So I mean, yeah. it's you know, and and yeah, because it's not multiplayer, you know, none of that matters. Well, you know, I don't have the amount of time that uh, both of you do in control, but I will say, just flipping it on and off yesterday, it's too bad we didn't get you in there to take a look. But it looked really, it looked like wow, this is just kind of like 
beautiful. You know, it's like somebody, of course, went and waxed every single object in the, in the world, <laughs> but it looked really it looked really kind of dead once you turned off ray tracing. It's just sort of like once you turn yeah. it on and then you turn it off, and you could sit there and you'd flip it and say, oh, this kind of like, it does kind of like, oh, it looks really dead without it, but at the same time, if you don't have uh, hardware support for it, you would never notice, right? You would never, you would never see that feature to know what you're missing, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, it's a it's a gorgeous game, no matter what. Yeah, and I would say we're lucky enough to be able to see it on both. You know, I, uh, on my home system, 1080 Ti here, 2080 Ti. So I've I've been able to see both, and and there's definitely a major difference, <laughs> for sure. So. Yeah. So is it is it the is it the is it really the killer app? Is this the one that makes everybody go, okay, I'm 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 I, I'm buying a new card. Say like you're buying for coming up a new season. You would say I really want to have access to hardware DXR RTX. Mm-hmm. Is it? Do you think that's people are gonna? It's gonna change people's minds this holiday shopping season, or no? Uh- I think there's a reason ever since the Radeon RX 5700 came out, NVIDIA started offering game bundles with its super cards. I think there's a very strong reason why they chose this game to bundle with RTX cards. Yes. Because it is that much of a difference. Um, that being said, the game by itself is gorgeous, and the RTX technologies don't actively change the game. It's like the biggest cherry on top ever, though. It's like the most delicious cherry you ever had. It's gorgeous. It makes a huge difference. I don't know if it'll necessarily sway buying decisions yet. Because, again, it's there's only been a handful of Ray Trace games out. But this is a game that really shows... Between this and Metro Exodus, we're finally getting glimpses of the promise of Ray Tracing. And that's very exciting to me. Yeah, I, I think, you know, because Remedy... They have an interesting past. I mean, a lot of people love Max Payne. I think it'll be a little bit more of a barometer when Call of Duty comes out. Yeah. Because that's everybody from yep. somebody who buys one video game a year to people who play, you know, 200 video games mm-hmm. a year. Uh, I, I think that might be a little bit more in the realm. That's I mean, exactly we, have, we haven't seen those implementations yet. So That's exactly what I was going to say. I think for it to be called a killer app, it has to have so much wide appeal that everyone would want to hop on it. Um, or we're going to hop on it already. I think it's a it's a good um, first showing, like real true, like not just like, hey, here, look at a couple of reflections. Um, mm-hmm. And it has broader appeal already than Metro does, but I don't think it's big enough to make people say like, yeah, that's the game I want to play regardless. Because I still think gamers are gamers first and foremost. They, mm-hmm. They're going to pick up a game because they actually want to play it, not just because of how it looks. Mm-hmm. Sure, you can't have a good graphics don't make a, bad game good so exactly but but the graphics can make a good game oh right yeah it's just like absolutely yeah definitely and Uh, it does like you mentioned it does give a massive performance hit like when hayden was playing i think he was playing on a 2080 ti system correct yeah and what was it 1080p 1440 i'm not sure what he was playing at 1080p and there it was mostly lock 60 but there were a couple of times when it would drop down just a little bit into the 50s yeah so i mean and that's on a 1200 gpu so i i'm curious to see how the game would work on like 
a 2060, an RTX yeah, 2060. Well, why, don't you, why don't you tell them uh, our experiences? Yeah, Gordon. we did that last oh. night because everybody was like, oh, why didn't you unlock it? You could big conspiracy. Yeah, so. we, had, we had V-Sync on for the video that we did with Hayden because we wanted a nice, smooth experience. So we weren't just talking about ray tracing. We were also talking about the game, and I, I like to present it in the best possible light. So yeah. that's why we did that. So we did. Uh, but yesterday hand, we didn't. Took the same machine, unlocked it. I did turn on um, PB, PBO. Uh, or that precision boost overdrive because uh, it had been switched off on that 3900 xbox turned it on you know it doesn't make a huge difference but, no uh it was basically 1080p everything maxed out with ray tracing maxed out it was a good 70 it's about 70 80. 80 yeah it's like 80s yeah Definitely 80 on a 2080 ti and then we put a 2060 super in the same box swapped it out during a video and it's about was mid it? 50s it was mid 50s yeah low low, like, low 50s yeah yeah, so, so I I think for that because uh, I was saying my 1080 Ti at home, uh, running 4K, uh, but rendering at 1440p, like yeah. it, that's how I like to to run it. Uh, everything maxed out except for RTX. Obviously, I was getting around mid 50s, and so the 1060 Super was kind of the same ish, but with uh, RTX and 1080p. <laughs> yeah, so definitely so, a hit. Definitely a hit. Yeah, you're taking. But you'd, you'd expect that if you're. It- yeah, it's beautiful. It's I, if you're you're choosing to invest your graphics power into the beauty rather than the raw frame rate. At exactly. This point. Well, you know, it's interesting because some of the reaction I've seen is people going, "Well, it's only eighty frames a second at ten eighty p with everything maxed out." I want it's you know I would rather just have ray tracing turned off and what one hundred and fifty frames a second. <laughs> I think we did turn it off. It was it was it was a, it was it was pretty high, right? I forget what it was, but. What I don't quite understand that because the attitude is like, well, I think it was like one twenty or something. Yeah, one twenty ish. I understand you wish you had higher frame rate, but you know there is a cost for new graphics features, and I, I, there's an interesting disconnect which I've I've not seen before. We're, we're definitely seeing that with with uh, RTX, where people go like, I I just want the high frame rate. I don't want I don't want the cool new graphics, which is kind of like what's the point of more frame rates after a certain point, right? I mean, a high frame rate monitor, that's nice, but... I think it's also something that people know, right? They they know what they're getting with more frames. Uh, they don't necessarily know what they're getting with RTX. Yeah. This game is like other uh, ray tracing games, the games that support ray tracing, where you do have choices in how to implement it. They have medium and high settings, um, the medium setting will stick mostly to reflections, so that would give you much less of a performance hit, because looking at NVIDIA's performance guide for control, the contact shadows, the ray trace contact shadows alone will ding you 15 to 20% of your frames. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can, it does make a difference to the visual quality of the game, but you can turn stuff like that off to try to strike a better balance. Yeah, we, we messed with, with a little bit with that, too. Uh, it, it definitely makes a difference uh, frame rate, rate wise so we can confirm that uh, a lot of people are, are saying in the chat why this might not be the killer app uh, yeah. is because it's exclusive to the epic game store and they don't want to buy it from uh, there just I yeah that I tell you what man uh, a lot of the best games that I've played this year and a game from last year mutant year zero that I didn't play but I wanted to this year was just free on epic game store I can understand why people you know We've all had Steam forever. That's where our friends are. It's great. My friends are also in Discord now. Uh, it's really just launching another launcher. Uh, I understand the hate for the Epic Game Store, but it's just running another piece of software on my on my PC, and it's from Epic. 
a company that's been around as long as Valve and is as neutral as Valve. So personally, I have less of an issue with something like the Epic Game Store than I do with something like Uplay or Origin. Yeah, and even there, honestly, I don't, I don't have any problems except when they don't work. Uh, yeah, play. they need cloud saves. <laughs> but I, I have no problems with different stores, right? The, the fact that you have five stores, essentially, Microsoft Store, you know, Steam, Epic, Uplay, and Origin, that's more stores, means competition, means lower prices, means they In all... In theory, yeah. if like, they're actually the, on those different stores. Well, you like, know... The, the game I was just talking about, Mutant Year Zero, was one of our top ten games of last year. It was free like two weeks ago on Epic Game Store. To me, one of the beauties of the PC, the reason I have an iPhone but not a Mac, is because freedom of choice. And to me, that includes all these game stores. So I can understand why some people are upset about them, but I consider that part of the greatness of the PC. Yeah, Blue Kid on YouTube just just put that as that they, they moved away from consoles because they wanted to get away from exclusivity. Right. Uh, yeah. Although so. it, what'll be interesting now is now that we have so many different stores... You, I, I know we sort of think them, of them as storefronts, but maybe they're more like movie studios, right? Like Elaine is saying, does it really matter? You go to see Avengers movie or DC movie, it's still $14, right? doesn't matter who made it. You still it doesn't really help your prices, I think. Yeah, as long as the, the storefront, quote-unquote, movie th- studio, whatever you want to call it, has has feature parity, you know, I mean, the offline mode, cloud saves, all that kind of stuff. Yes. You would want, there. Yeah, you, you would want it to be uh, to, to parity. And, and it's not like Steam is is the best amazing place either. There's plenty of problems over on Steam too, so I think they all, I, I, they all can use, you know, some boosting. A peek behind the curtain is that Valve is notoriously unresponsive. Like, they will never answer your questions. Ever since Epic Games has ramped up the game store uh they are suddenly a lot more responsive to emails and mm-hmm. outgoing with information so even if consumers don't directly see it i think that's a win in the end for consumers as well competition's good it makes everybody bring their a game i don't think steam's really had that for a while so mm-hmm. sure i'm all for it and we see that in <laughs> cpus hopefully we'll see it one day in gpus but <laughs> Is this, I want to note though, do you, has this changed any of your minds? Are you going to, if you went out and you bought a GPU now, mm-hmm. $600 say range, would you want ray tracing as a feature after seeing control? It wouldn't be because of seeing control for me. No. No. You want to wait for something that really is. I mean, for going with your hypothesis here where I have suddenly $600 to spend and I'm going to make a purchase. Me being me, I probably wouldn't upgrade for like three or four years. So if that's the case, then I might consider getting a card that has RTX support, but it wouldn't be because of control. It'd be because of like my timeline and how I feel about what I want to get out of that purchase. Brad, any change in how you think a consumer would do it or how about yourself? Just um, I still kind of think at $400, the Radeon RX 5700 XT is still probably the best bang for buck option. So it depends how many bucks you have, how much you want to spend. If you have the extra $100, though, and you were you know, blown away by this, like I said, this game and Metro Exodus show you the potential. If you want to invest in that potential, some of it being reality here already, uh, I wouldn't knock anybody for choosing that $100. I don't know if it's it, it's all going to depend on what your budget is, what you're in for, how long you're going to be. But we're starting to see what ray tracing is possible of, and it's gorgeous in this game. Adam, what about you? Would you go back in time and... Man, 
man, I, I not have your 1080 Ti. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the truth. I've I've been thinking about this a lot, especially after really? we did that video with uh, with Hayden last week, and I was just like, all right, what would I seriously consider? And I mean, I'm not in a position to do it anyway, uh, so this is all hypothetical. But I I, f- I finally came came to a thing of like, okay, if I did spring into some money, right? You know, because uh, I'm kind of in a, a crappy spot where I've put myself into a corner with always needing 4k uh, Mm -hmm. because that's how i like to edit uh so you know i i'm i'm kind of always constrained by by that problem as well most people are at 1080p you know so i so i i never have a card that is able to push 4k anyway but if i were to say okay you know would i invest in a new card to to get ray tracing or would i invest in a new monitor to get high refresh rate hmm that's a tough one it's a tough one because i've never experienced high refresh rate like i said i've always been on 4k 60 for the most part yeah Yeah, you know and i feel a lot of people always yell about that so you know i'm like as a video editor though i would say you get just run multiple panels I mean, I, I know do, I do insane, run multiple but, panels, but, but I mean, yeah. you have your high refresh <laughs> for gaming, and you have your 4K for for editing. I mean, I don't. Yeah, this, yeah, but I mean, e- either way, would would I rather uh, get? Would I, you know, say I have this hypothetical six hundred dollars? Would I would I get a, a a nice high refresh rate monitor for that price, or a new uh, graphics card for that price? And I don't know. I think I would probably line up on the the monitor mm. <laughs> to tell you the truth. At this point, at this point. Well, the thing is, most people don't have six hundred dollars for a graphics card. Uh, something that I haven't been able to do because it's just been a crazy year for hardware launches. Is I really want to go and grab as many of these ray trace games as I can and test its performance across all the resolutions mm. because most people do shop you know, well below $600. The RTX 2060 is $350. How does that hold up in 1080p game over Trace and on? That's what I really want to answer. It's going to vary game to game. I really want to go in there and do a deep dive into all the RTX games and see what you actually get for your money at the different price points. Mm-hmm. Because if you're talking about a 2080 Ti, that's a whole, that's where all our testing, yeah. a lot of our testing happened. That's where NVIDIA's performance, you know, guide screenshots happened it's the best case scenario on a $1,200 card. I think I need to take some time and get a comprehensive look at what you actually get for your money across the whole range of the RTX lineup. Yeah, I don't want to sidetrack us too much on, on the whole ray tracing discussion, but I was trying to figure out, because we threw in two laptops, the 2080 Max-Q mm-hmm. in a thin and light, well, 5-pounder, and then also a 2060. And the 2060 was... so. Just to give you an idea, 2080 Ti was about 80. 2060 Super was 50-ish, maybe? Yeah, right? low 50s. Low yeah. 50s. Uh, the 2060 in a laptop, which is, you're just thermally powerly, power constrained, it was about 35, 30, right? So, well, with everything and not necessarily out. a smooth 30. Not a smooth either. 30 either. So, <laughs> everything out, you're definitely going to turn off a few of the features, I think, on a 2060 laptop. But the really mind bender was that 2080 Max Q was like 40 ish, and I really was like, "What?" Yeah, it wasn't a huge jump. And I and I kind of remember like back when, you know, the the RTX laptops came out. It was like, "How are these so low? <laughs> Why are they so low?" And you know, that's off of Nvidia's own ratings, right? Because that's on that's how they're they're 
they have these gig arrays that they're they're counting and <clears throat> a, a twenty sixty desktop part is basically the same as a twenty eighty Max Q, right? Mm-hmm. And same as a twenty seventy mobile. So, and running Port Royal, and I'm actually seeing that the gig arrays is sort of match Port Royal, and then sort of loosely match what we're seeing. But those, it feels like you need twenty eighty. <laughs> On thick laptop that can handle the thermals for, for, for control. The, it's definitely yeah. you're you're going to be turning some things off when you're running the in a ray trace game on a laptop. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 hard. I mean, I I think the people who want to get into ray tracing probably should look at the highest end anyway. Yeah, I mean, but maybe that's the thing anyway, right? It's always it's good. That, that's the issue in my best graphics card guide. I have to keep a roundup of the best graphics card. I tend to lean towards the Radeon RX 5700 and 5700 XT in the 1440p range because I feel like the RTX hardware is so much less at that price level uh, that the increase in raw performance that Radeon offers, you know, balances that out to a great effect. Yeah, right. I mean, it's a fair argument if I had 400 bucks for that, the 5700 XT. But the only thing I'm a little confused about is if you're assuming that somebody is coming from a $400 graphics card, so mm-hmm. and I don't think what? anybody would recommend if you had a 1070, you should go out and throw that thing out and buy a new card, right? Most people, no. 1070, you're fine. I mean, that's wait a, a couple generations, right? It's still a great card. Wait a couple generations. Why? Why in the world would you upgrade immediately? So if we go back to a 970, which is kind of similar price range. Mm-hmm. Do they? Yeah. 5700 XT is pro- probably a reasonable upgrade, but then $100 more gets you ray tracing. That 2060 Super card is pretty impressive. The 2060 Super is also $400. Oh, is it? Yeah, so then... <sighs> well, coming from 970, wasn't that card like 330 So, like, you would yeah. be paying a little bit more. You'd be paying a little more, but you have where else can you go from there, you know? You, there's no... Yeah, you have to you don't want to go to a little or go up. Would you go to, I mean, at that point, would you say, like, get a 1660 Ti? I'm like, uh, you know, or 1660, 1650? I don't think so. I, I think. Yeah. I sort of think if you were a 970, most 970 class buyers probably are moving up to, a, you know, they would have gone to a 1070 if they didn't do it. And if, you know, if they didn't do the 1070 is, now, I would think they'd do that. The, looking at my numbers here, the 5700 XT is 400 bucks. Uh, it is, you know, noticeably like 10, 15% faster than the 2060 super. And I'm not sure how great the 2060 super ray tracing performance is to balance that out. Well, it's 50 ish. Right. So we, we were playing with it. So it's definitely, you know, I feel like in a discussion a while back, I think it was Brad maybe who said that, you know, these kind of features are usually for early adopters. Right. Like you kind of let them almost pay the way for the mid and budget you know gamers so that they get those features at much less cost later down the road so i mean if we're going with that train of thought then it does make more sense for people who aren't in the what like six hundred dollar up range for a card Mm. to just kind of consider the traditional frame rate um as the market performance and go with that yeah for the lower if you're on the lower end of the scale because you can only buy into a few features at a compromised right performance level supposedly right so hmm. well all that being said the game is 
like I don't want to lose track of the fact that this <laughs> game is gorgeous. This game is definitely a showcase for ray tracing. Like it's really showing you what is possible to do. With it. Uh, and I'm already it's already a top contender for game of the year for me. I I love oh, it. Really? It is an amazing game. I, I, I don't care what you're playing it on. Go play it. It's probably <laughs> going to be a lock for our final list, actually. And yeah. you don't feel like you've missed out because. It looked really dead once you turn it off. I yes, I feel like I missed out, but I also feel like I miss out on high refresh rate all the time as well. I you know, there's there's plenty I miss out on. <laughs> and you only you only know that you're missing out if you're sitting there with the ray trace capable card and turn it on and off side by side. If you didn't have a ray trace capable card and you were playing that game, you're just like, Wow, this game you know, it's a little soft, but it's beautiful. It's like a film. So Yeah. <laughs> you got to weigh that in like us doing it on a ray trace card turn it on and off in real time makes the difference much more obvious yeah yeah but right. it's a great it's a great game and it looks freaking gorgeous if you can run ray tracing on it well, and between you, this and metro those are both I, I would not i would be surprised if both of those games don't wind up on our games of the year list they're both top 10 games in mm-hmm, my opinion so mm-hmm. far this year and they're both like flagship titles for ray tracing as well so yeah i think nvidia has been pretty smart to to understand which games are probably going to be really good showcases and to put their backing behind that so uh but you know what you're not going to run yeah uh ray tracing on uh or you're probably not going to run much on anyway is the radeon 7 (laughs) yeah that's not looking good right anybody want to break the news on that it sounds like why so, uh, French media outlet Cal Cotland uh, said that its sources have said Radeon 7 is end of life. Um, they're the same people who said that uh, AMD reference cards are end of life, and Gordon kind of said, no, AMD says they're not. Yeah. Um, so, Tom's Hardware reached out to AMD, and they gave a, we neither confirm nor deny kind of a quote. Um, so, they wound up talking to Matt Bach. Uh, the senior Puget Labs technician is it Puget 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 right Puget uh, we'll get it right one day <laughs> yeah but not only is he the senior Puget Lab technician he's the brother of the owner of the company and he says they just did some AMD some graphics card testing AMD confirmed to them Radeon 7's 100% end of life they're not making any more you might be able to buy some on the shelves but it's not being made anymore hmm but also, isn't that one of those things where, so with the Radeon 7, I, I think um, uh, Bach also said they consider end of life because they can't buy them. They can't, they can't build systems and sell them if the vendor says, yeah, we're going to, you're not, not going to be able to get these anymore mm-hmm. eventually. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder if it's not like these things were selling like hotcakes, right? There's probably, they're probably not, them, right? This you can right now get an AS Rock model, but they're all reference models for this card at Newegg for the seven hundred dollars that you know it launched at. Uh, the Radeon V or seven. Uh, I'm glad it exists. It was the first graphics card to be built on seven nanometers. It's the first graphics consumer graphics card to have sixteen gigabytes of HBM. It's the first graphics card to roll out AMD's new controlled junction temperatures so bunches of sensors measuring thermals and whatnot uh but it's a bit of speculation but don't forget that this card was never really meant to exist it was a surprise launch when it launched i think at ces i think it came out in february uh and 
these were basically Radeon Instinct server cards or data center cards. Uh, and then NVIDIA came out and priced the RTX 2080 so stupidly high that we were telling people go get a 1080 Ti instead. Uh, so Some of us were. <laughs> the correct one of us were. So... With that, with that frame of mind, in February, it made sense for AMD to be like, yo, we can sell some of these for 800 bucks. If NVIDIA is going to be doing that, we'll do that too. And so these cards had a very – they're like targets of opportunity for AMD is the way I consider them. And now that the RTX Super Series is out as well as AMD's own RX 5700 series with Navi, um, both of those cards make way more sense to buy than the Radeon 7 at this point. Uh, so I'm not surprised to hear they're not going to bother making them with all that HBM memory and all that cutting edge stuff. They right. can't be cheap. 16 gigs, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, 16 gigs of HBM too. Uh, the real reason to get this card is if you have very specific like content creation needs, and if you do, you might have already picked one up. Uh, if not, and you're interested in it, there's there's a few left on Newegg at 700 bucks. Go do it soon because it sounds like they're dead. For gamers at this point, you really shouldn't even be considering them, so it doesn't bother me that this card's... It seems gonna, like it's going the way of the dodo. We got a question from uh, Dominic Wong on uh, YouTube. They're asking, uh, is AMD still going to support the Radeon 7 for drivers? I'm sure they will. Uh, both AMD and NVIDIA are great at supporting their hardware in general uh, about five, six years out, so it's still going to be around. It's still... It's just a seven nanometer version of Vega, and they're going to keep supporting Vega forever. So for the four or five years, six years. So don't sweat it if you have one; it's still going to work. Although I, I, I do want to say about the about this, it just looks bad, though, right? I mean, mm. AMD got on stage, introduces it at CES on stage in the January. Keynote. Yep, <laughs> it's freaking August, and is dead. Like, uh, well, I suppose if you look at it that way, the other way you can look at it is for $300 left, they're offering the Radeon 5700 XT, and it gets within a hair's distance of it in gaming performance. So yeah, I, yeah, they I, almost doubled the bang for buck in the span of six months. I just can't yeah. imagine any other video card, any other product that had a lifespan of eight months. And that's not even eight months because really they showed it off in January, really came out February-ish. Like yeah. six months. I, let's see. Six I got it right here. I, it short. And then yeah. also, if you want to add to just, I'm just going to be a hater here, but if you want to be a real hater, those blower style cards that AMD was like, hey, we heard all your complaints about blower style. We really did our work on this. And then everybody on the internet says, no, we don't want these. They're like, okay, we're not going to sell them directly anymore because we don't want to mess with our partners, but we'll sell them. We'll still sell them to our partners. If they want to actually still sell these instead of their own cards, which is that card actually had triaxial cooler, so yeah. But I mean, <laughs> well, I mean the blowers, the uh, fifty-seven hundred, though. Oh yeah, yep. yep so yep. I mean, the, like the reference card, you could argue some people, you know, Kyle Catlin said the same thing. Like this thing is dead already. It's like, well, sort of dead, but not really dead because our partners who still want to sell them will still sell them, right? So, mm-hmm. but I just kind of like that's two kind of not exactly good looks. For the cards, I mean, the 5700 Navis look pretty good, price right, but... I don't think it's unusual for the reference cards, the 5700 XT, because uh, if you go look at GeForce.com, you can't buy any Founders Edition cards there right now. You have to go to Best Buy if you want to pick one of those up. They come uh, and go, reference- though, right? I mean, during the, 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 the coin crisis, they were, once in a while, they'd come into stock. 
at that time, that was a good time for AMD and NVIDIA to be able to ensure people can maybe get some stock. But in general, Founders Edition cards, reference cards, they have a pretty short lifespan. Like, they're there to make sure there's supply that people want when a card launches. And to probably get some juicier margins that they could get otherwise. But it happens. I mean, the reference design, like the PCB and stuff, people are still going to use that for their basic cards. You'll still be able to make water cooling rigs out of them and stuff. It's happens. Okay, so Way people good. shouldn't read too much into that, that two sort of not look good looks by the... No. Okay. No. I mean, at this point, I reviewed the Sapphire Pulse 5700 XT. It's like $10 more than the reference cards were. And it doesn't get you a lot more performance, but it's a huge quality of life increase. You should really just be getting custom cards unless you have very specific reasons not to anyway. Hmm, okay. But yeah, Radeon 7, it's basically, it's the card that probably shouldn't have exist. It's probably dead. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do content creation, or not necessarily content creation, it's a, it's a great compute yeah. card, right? It's a fantastic, yeah. great deal for com- people into compute. Yeah. So. And if if you are, go check it out. I, I believe uh, Pujit, Matt Bach, the guy who Tom's hardware quoted, did a bunch of tests with that card specifically about specific content creation workloads. So if you think you could use that 16 gigabytes of HBM memory, uh, go read that immediately and s- decide whether or not you should buy a Radeon 7 because there's still one model left on sale on Newegg for $700. What about any other storefronts? Is it is it that? dried up i kind of was wondering if it's just it was a victim of no success you know we're like you know what we're not gonna why should we make these because people got plenty of inventory but no yeah at this point i mean it was a moment of opportunity where they could get eight hundred dollars for a card that they weren't planning to because nvidia priced the rtx 2080 so high that's (laughs) firmly what i believe i love going to stores like i'm looking at amazon and this is a it's a Rap shoot on Amazon. It's a great segue though because uh, XFX uh, reference card is nine hundred and fifty, <laughs> an MSI reference card is seven sixty eight, and a Gigabyte reference card is nine hundred dollars. A Sapphire is seventeen hundred dollars reference card. Is there? It just makes me wonder. It really it's makes third me party, wonder. Third party marketplace sellers, man. Although they can put a, whatever number they want. There's a power <laughs> color for 700. But what I want to know, though, is there a really good time to buy PC components, Elena? Yes. Because <laughs> I hear it doesn't matter. Does I? I don't even care. I just I don't I don't try to wake up early and get out on those Black Friday Cyber yeah. Monday sales. I just whatever i get my cash for my yeah this came up because we were talking about um our uh five hundred dollar builds from uh was it last week man time flies the one i won yes continue (laughs) one and um there was also a thread i think on like build a pc on reddit where someone asked like should i wait for black friday and everyone everyone trying to like no you can get deals all year round and to that i say (laughs) (laughs) it's not a no it's just it's a noise of indignation you can't interpret it (laughs) interpret my uh my sounds here and it's because i don't disagree with the fact that you can get good deals on pc components year-round but what makes black friday and prime day special is that that's when the best deals are saved you know, the, the, what I mean is that the retailers will save their best deals for that time of year as almost like a loss leader because they mm-hmm. want you to buy other stuff at the same time. And because everything else is also on sale, 
And here's the caveat. If you have no specific model of something in mind, like you don't have to have exactly that Sapphire card, but you know you just want a 5700 XT or so on and so forth, if you wait, you can actually get a really good system all at once based on that. Now, if you're looking to upgrade or you're only looking for one specific part, then it becomes a little more hit or miss because if you're going that path, you're probably looking for something a little more specific and that thing may or may not be on sale. You're better off in if it's like a CPU or a motherboard because those combos tend to be good. And if you live near a micro center, holy crap, like definitely wait for Black <laughs> Friday. Like they have some of their best sales and they just put the whole dang store it was, there was, it was a while ago. I think it was like five or six years ago at this point. The system I built before this one, my 3570K system, um, I had all those parts saved and it was looking to be 1200 or 1300 bucks and I had it all in my cart. And then Thanksgiving came around and because the way all the combo deals work, mm-hmm. I was able to get it for about $800. So I was sitting there at Thanksgiving dinner on my phone buying stuff like crazy because they were all 24 hour deals. Because even if the parts themselves don't go on sale, the combos that you get mm-hmm. are crazy. Like, I wound up with way more SSD than I wanted in that build because it's like you can get this SSD half off if you buy this motherboard and CPU combo. Mm-hmm. And then if you do all that and if you juggle it all together, you can get some significant savings. Yes. And it usually does work best if you're doing a whole system at once. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, like, last year I did kind of fill out the market to see, like, okay, you're probably going to be best off with like these parts if you're waiting these if you see a good deal and a few dollars don't make a difference to you 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 don't need to wait but on the whole i just think it frustrates me when people just write off the whole thing like ah you don't need to wait for that they think that this the the black friday specials are just sort of not that special they think that and i think it's it's a fair thing to say just because there are always a bunch of crap deals during these big holiday periods but there's also really good ones so it's just a matter of really knowing what you're looking at knowing what's a good price and then being able to act on it when you see it actually hit a good price um i I don't say that every single deal during black friday is a good one i mean i wouldn't spend hours sifting 80 percent of them aren't yeah (laughs) really same thing with prime day it makes a big difference if you know what you're looking for and you're willing mm-hmm. to be a little bit flexible. Like you're like, oh, I had this motherboard in mind, but if I get this one with the combo, then mm-hmm. I save $50 yeah. here. It can make a huge difference. Yeah. If you're going for price only, but if you care about like VRMs or something, then you don't get quite to be, you don't get to be quite so permissive in what you're buying. Do you, I, I took the, with the system I have now, I took the opposite tact uh, because I help kind of vet the deal posts that, PC will do when we see good deals, everyone will write them up and I go, yeah, it's a good deal or not. So last year I built, or two years ago, I guess, geez, at this point, mm-hmm. uh, I built my new system. What I did is I stockpiled parts throughout the year mm-hmm. when I saw really good sales, but it kind of backfired on me because then only spending a hundred or 200 or $300 here and there, by the time the next great deal came along, I'm like, uh, you know, I'm only spending for this one component right now. Sure. I can spend an extra 50 bucks to get something a little bit better. And then by the time it all wound up, I significantly overspent because oh, I was trying to piece it together as I saw good deals. That, yeah. That's also a risky tack, too, is, you know, because everybody will do this. I'll buy this now and then in eight months get the CPU on sale and build it. 
It's like that board was like DOA out of the box, and it's eight months later, and you're like, the retailer is going to be like, oh, tough luck. Well, you should have turned it on, you know, eight months yeah. ago when you bought it. Yeah. Then you got to go through the manufacturer, and they're like, this is really suspicious. You're telling me it was dead out, but it's, yeah. you know, then, it, then, you're, then you're sort of in that, that hell of RMAs. I've, I've run into that with SSDs. So I, when the SSD prices first started coming down, I'm like, I don't know what I need this 256 gigabyte SSD for, but it's a great price. I guess I'll buy it. <laughs> And I bought it, and I didn't really put it into any system. Like I was gonna like probably swap out like one of like the low end uh, notebook hard drives that like my family uses, right? But I just didn't get around to it. Well, six months later, that price had dropped again, actually pretty significantly because it was just a good time for it right now. I was like, dang it, I should have just not purchased it when I saw it. I mean, that's the one thing is the one thing we're all conditioned to is the constant slide. It's like it never. It never normally goes up. Your 256 gig SSD, I would take and snap in half because it's like not even worth putting into a slot. You'd be like, Psh. it's like, what the hell? 256 gigs? That's like a USB key, right? Like these days, it's like 512 minimum, yeah, one terabyte. Or, or it's a joke, yeah. right? So, But yeah, in general, I don't recommend doing like slow buildup of your components if you can't like test them and make sure they're working. I have another question. So this is mm-hmm. this is a technique my mom used to make us go through. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it would be I'm like, probably familiar with this technique. Well, because the, the technique was like, what? You know, because it'd be, you know, Black Friday sales. It wasn't even Black Friday back then. It was just whatever Thanksgiving sale, right? Whatever. Then it's like, no, nah, it's not even worth it. Then you go, then you check out the Christmas sale. Nah, you know what? End of the year, after everything's over, new tax year, they got to get rid of all this junk, get it out of inventory because it's just a liability now. And then, you like, the the discounts would always be, like, 15% off at Thanksgiving. Then it'd be 20% off at Xmas. And then New Year's would be, like, 45% off. Does that translate to PC components? I mean, that's a very retail 1980s experience, but... Um, I don't think so in terms of calendar year, but it does uh, align with like product life cycles, right? So when the 30, um, 3000 series Ryzen parts came out, then all the 2000 series parts just suddenly started going on sale. Micro Center's like, you get to have a CPU for cheap and you get to have a CPU for cheap. And I mean, it worked out really well because it hit right around Prime Day. So we got to see like... The Ryzen 5 2600 dropped to 120 bucks. I think I saw 2700X for like 170. This like was crazy. Um, but it wouldn't have happened if there hadn't been that kind of point in the life cycle, I think. Um, that, hmm? I'll go when you're done. Sorry, I thought you were stopping oh, yeah, I was going to just say that it doesn't always align that way. Sometimes it's also just... Uh, I think AMD really just wanted to get some attention. So remember that first year when Threadripper came out and like, and also Ryzen as well, uh, the regular consumer parts and then Thanksgiving rolled around and it just dropped like we, in a way that we had never seen before. And of course my brain's lighting up with joy because like, it's like, Oh my God, look how, look how fast the price dropped on this and how affordable it makes everything. Yeah. Well, it did really. AMD has been pushing real hard to increase its market share. Mm-hmm. So the last several years, all the Ryzen stuff, all the graphics cards, if you mm-hmm. look around Black Friday, that tends to be when they first do their big, huge drop mm-hmm. in price. They do because yep. they are trying to get in the face of people. Mm-hmm. The product lifecycle thing is something I was going to bring up. If you're an enthusiast and you keep up in the news and you know how long it's been since the last, say, graphics card generation launched or whatever, 
you can kind of get a feel for when new stuff's coming and when people are, when companies are trying to clear stock mm-hmm. before things happen. Like right before the RTX Super Surprise announcement, uh, when we knew the Radeon 5700 was coming, uh, you could find 2070s for sale incredibly cheap. Um, that's because they were all clearing the stock, as it turns out, before the 2070 Super came out. Uh, and like right now, if you look around for a 1080p gaming graphics card, um, the RX 5570, too many zeros, their names, uh, the RX 570 is for like 120 bucks, and you can get uh, RX 580 for as cheap as like 170 bucks, I think. I think I've seen 150. Yeah, 150. So th- this, is, this does and, prove the point that like, it's not always during Black Friday, but usually it's like one card at a time during the rest of the year, whereas Black Friday you'll get like a choice of maybe like two or three models at that price. So It's product cycles, because yeah. at this point, the RX 570 and 580 are great. Like I would recommend anybody looking to get a cheap 1080p gaming option, go get that right now. Yeah, It's because they're a couple years old, and also you got to think, you know, Navi just came out in the 5700, you know, Lisa Sue has confirmed that there will be higher-end cards, but with the price drops we're seeing on these over the last few months, you got to wonder if they're clearing out stock for these because they're going to drop a Navi-based mainstream GPU soon. That would be sweet. So if you're looking for good deals and you have your finger on the pulse of tech news, you can kind of pay attention to stuff like that. And yeah. like right now is a great time to buy RX yeah. 580. And going way back in time, it's not even just because like AMD has entered the market and there's so much more competition. We were seeing this happen on um, 900 series uh, GTX cards back in the yeah. day. Like I remember there was a period in like spring, I want to say 2017? Where I was messaging you every other day or so, Brad, where I was like, Brad, did you see the price on the 970? <laughs> and you're like, yep. this is the only time in my life where I might actually recommend someone consider SLI because it's just so cheap to throw another one <laughs> in your system. Just get one anyway, I don't care. <laughs> don't even hook up the bridge. Just put it <laughs> uh, yeah, know. if you remember right before the Bitcoin crash too, uh, or not crash, the Bitcoin come up, uh, the original RX 470s and 480s, the 480s were going for like 120 bucks. Um, it turns out that's because the 580s were released like a month later. So if you start to see prices start to plummet, if you got a good feel for life cycles, keep an eye on that. Mm-hmm. Although you know where this, what's always been mostly immune to this over the years that I've I've noticed is Intel processors. Have you ever noticed? Yeah. You know, while it used to be 329, it'd be like, you know, 3077K gets replaced by 4770K. And like, oh, the new one is 329 or whatever, 340, and the the old one is, is 329. Still 340. It was yeah. like it would never... Super bad. I don't know how the, the discipline is there. I don't know if it's just because they basically... Well, they had no competition for the sold, longest time. Well, but if they sold everything out, I mean, but they would compete with themselves then at that point, right? You're competing, your old product's competing with your new product. I think it's just also perceived value, right? So if you tell people that this chip is worth worth less now that the new chip is out, you're basically saying that, you know, it has no more, you know, worth to anybody. Yeah. And they don't want to do that to their customers, I think. I think it's that perceived value. Like you bought a KB Lake part. Well, if you were to replace it, you would still have to pay the same amount. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, Skylake to Cable Lake, sixty-seven hundred K to seven hundred K was like. I tell you what, that has traditionally been true, but since Ryzen third gen came out, um, we are starting to see price drops, forty or fifty dollar price drops on the upper end Intel Core i nine nine hundred variants, like the KF and 
even the original K, they're going for cheaper than they were very recently. I'm sure Intel would say it's because they've fixed their manufacturing, you know, constraints. But we're talking like fifty or sixty dollar price drops in some cases. Uh, so if you're on the hunt for a high end Intel processor, right now is actually a great time to buy one. Yeah. Yeah. The they're... price drops still aren't as consistent though, or as regular as with AMD parts. So yeah, AMD is like whatever, that. just take it. <laughs> we got the new ones out. I'm getting rid of it. Here, have, like, have a couple games with it. It's like day old yes. bagels. Oh, that's <laughs> like a day old bagel. That's right? the other thing I forgot to mention. So Black Friday, there's also a great time to get like game bundles with GPU purchases. Like a lot of times, they'll just like here have two or three games. If usually it's at that like. 2060 type level and above you don't mm-hmm. see it as often with lower cards you'll maybe get one game but um if you if you pe- spend at least like four to five hundred dollars on a graphics card i mean with normally during the year that's what it would cost you'll probably get like two or three games with it that's that's part of the reason why i'm saying right now is a great time for the rx 570 and 580 and why i think they're probably going to replace it get replaced soon is because one they're going so cheap and two uh, AMD is leveraging its deal with Microsoft. You know, they're in the Xbox as well. And they're often three months of Xbox Game Pass free mm-hmm. when you buy those mm-hmm. even $120 RX 570s. Mm-hmm. So you don't even have to buy a game for three months. You get 100 free games with that. Yeah, like, you play as much as you want. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but now you're signed up for a subscription policy at the end, though, right? I mean, it's easy if to cancel. Want to. Yeah, it's, it's really five bucks a month or something like that, too. So That's It's five bucks a month you. right now during the beta per- period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. I, so I have my Hulu. I never watch anything on Hulu. Whatever. Got commercials. Still Ooh. haven't canceled it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just defending it as a valid strategy. <laughs> no, I, I think it's a, I, it is, but it's just not. I don't. I think anything where you where you got to sign up for so you get something and oh, oh it's no a free trial period. I Give meant me the whole idea of shopping oh, yeah. around Black Friday. No, I think no. I, yeah, it makes it's clear that. People are saving up inventory because they know people are in a shopping, spending mm-hmm. mood. Yep. So that's the best time to get you. Not in yeah. February. It's just not a... It's- I will say the one thing that you can shop for during the rest of the year, and you might want to, because aesthetics and setups are so personal, is a case. And I think you have a little less danger with the case to have to worry about buying and holding it than you would with other components. I think case margins are so thin, they don't really drop too much at any time of the year. So if you see a good deal on a case that you like, just grab it. I agree. Mm-hmm. Well, is there a hole in the strategy? Because if I had bought something six months ago and didn't care about the Black Friday sales, now we have more tariffs. The trade war is still going on. Is that a negative? That's that a really unique just... rogue event. Yeah. Like that's, that's an outlier. But it's the same thing like. Memory factory, glue factory catches on fire. SSD, hard drive I, factory. Gets I agree flooded. with you, but I would say that even in all these periods we've seen in the last, like the, you know, the spikes of like random events. So like mining craze, the RAM and SSD prices being, you know, sky high for a while. Black Friday traditionally still has always been a period where at least it returns as close to normal as possible, or it's still relative to that point in time. The prices are better. It may not be better than the best, you know, in the previous, you know, year or so, but it's still better than whatever the current climate is. So tariffs will throw a wrinkle into things, but I do think that manufacturers and retailers are kind of building that into their Black Friday strategy, right? So maybe they'll, unfortunately, if it hikes it by, what, 15 to 30%, they'll bring it back down proportionally so you get, like, quote-unquote, today's normal prices, at least, so... 
you get a little relief from that. And at this point, I imagine people are, are building up inventory to hit the sales. So they've been stocking like. I hope so, because I think it would be a big sticker shock for people to just suddenly go into this holiday season and see prices not move at all. So I'm hoping that people, uh, retailers have been stocking um, things that didn't get hit with the tariffs in preparation for it. It's kind of, you know, an aside to this conversation, but something I've noticed hardware manufacturers doing recently is introducing new generations of product that are barely iterating on their last gen, but just have a different model number and are priced 5 to $10 higher to reflect those tariffs, I believe. Mm. And so I think we'll see those on sale. So that's what we'll see on sale closer to Black Friday, which, as Elena was saying, will be cheaper than what you're paying for it now. It might not just be as cheap as the almost identical case was a year ago or whatever. But we saw the same thing happen with the mining craze, right? Yeah. We mm-hmm. look at these graphics card and we're like, those aren't great prices. But for this moment in time, this is the best you're going to get. And in general, I, I always stand by my advice. If you need something now, get it now. Uh, but if you have the leeway to wait mm-hmm. for Black Friday, yep. I mean, you're, you're going to save some money. Yeah, that's my opinion on it, too. I would never tell someone to wait just arbitrarily. Okay. Sounds uh, like. And uh, just to clarify, uh, we got some people asking, uh, how, how come we only focus on uh, USA uh, holidays? Uh, a lot of this doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't really translate over over the I other places that, in the world. But unfortunately, I don't have access to all of your country's holidays and how your retailers respond to them. So this is just my area of expertise. We are based in the U.S. This is this is the uh, these these are the waters that we swim in. They try to wall us. It's, they do try to wall everyone off, right? I mean, it's not like we can see prices in other countries. Yeah, yeah it's difficult, actually. For what it's worth, a lot of other countries who are not America uh, are getting in on the Black Friday, Cyber Monday craze now. So you do see a lot of other places. Uh, and also, you know, the various taxes and stuff make big considerations on yes. a country by country basis. Yes. Like in some countries, G-Force costs way more than Radeon. In other countries, Radeon is like double the price of G-Force. It all depends on the country. If you're in a country outside the U.S., I would highly recommend maybe looking for a local publication or at least covering the local deals because it is mm-hmm. can be drastically different. Yes. And the strategies are there for are very different as well. So what you're really getting is deep insight into what it's like to shop as an American consumer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, uh, tourism through shopping. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, shopping, you know, we did some theoretical shopping last week. We for did. For a $500 PC build. <sighs> Uh, I do kind of want to go over some of the comments because I think it'll give a good barometer of who won. Uh, <laughs> we already know who won. Won or won? Uh, you oh. guys. <laughs> what this does. The number so one? for backstory, right before this, we were discussing, Gordon was saying that last week, and I thought he was making a joke or something. Won. And then Elena came in and said it again today, Juan. I'm like, is this some sort of in-joke that I'm getting? I've grown up, I grew up in the American South, and I've lived in the Northeast for over a decade now. I have never in my life heard it pronounced like that. I've only ever heard it as one, like the number one. I won this. I've never heard Juan ever. 
We well, think it's a regional uh, well, difference. I yeah. have, I actually have Miriam Webster loaded. So after we're done, I'm going to play how they pronounce it, and so we can figure it out. <laughs> I, I am curious, uh, but you know, I want to say right up front. You wanna? I want to say right up front, they there were a handful of comments uh, like this one on the, the YouTube video that was posted afterward uh, da, 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 from Bert Bertrand. I've never seen them tune in live, so I'm not sure if they're here, but they said everyone did great. But I agree with Gordon on the OS issue. Therefore, his build is the best. And I will say that there there were some nice comments of people saying, you know what, to give respect to the developers and you know the yep. the people who work hard night and day for uh, for making the OSs that, that that we love. So there there was definitely love, uh, Gordon love, some of it at least. It was interesting because after we finished and like you know the live stream had ended, one of the things we were discussing is that maybe it's time for us to kind of ditch the operating system as being included just because the landscape has changed so much. So back in the day, uh, and Gordon was so right about this when we first started doing these challenges, because back in the day, people would say like, $500 build, here's how you can get you know, all your parts for $500 in a working system, but it would never include the operating system. And back then, really the only way to get an operating system was to get Windows, and Windows really did cost you like 100 bucks. So it was yeah, a very so. disingenuous way of you know advertising what the build was about. But now, yep. like as Brad was pointing out, Linux is a really viable option. Yeah. I'm just saying, it's, it is actually a really well, viable option. I, the model for Windows has changed so much. There are these ways to get it. Like, I can get an, I can get an educational version of Windows 10, legit, Gordon, because I am actually a student at CCSF. So, like, there are these... Hey, it works. It's legal. I'm not shortchanging anybody. I so can call Satya up and have him send me a free copy. Does that count? I, I, mean, I turned off your phone. I'm saying this is actually this is actually sanctioned because it's for educational purpose. Anyway, but because of all this, we're actually saying that like maybe it just makes more sense now to really just focus on the hardware as opposed to getting to these debates over like what operating system are we using. Well, so that's my argument for why I won. One, <laughs> I won. <laughs> the reason why is I, I stuck to principle. I knew it was a huge handicap. Mm-hmm. $100 for a $500 system went to the operating system because, you know, that my feeling is like, look, if somebody's asking you this, there's some parent, they're building their first time computer for the kid. You can tell them to do all this rigmarole of download here, sign up for this summer class, and then get your OS in a in a cereal box in five months. It's not. <laughs> it's got to be. They want to know, and that's why we also use new parts because you can buy these parts. This is what the price is. Right. So what so, I'm saying is, so that if we just take that out of the equation, say four hundred dollar build, yes, five hundred dollar build, we all we all I, have. One. But that also brings up the other thing that I think we were going to get to, which is we Part didn't really establish firm we, rules. We didn't establish well, any firm <laughs> rules. I, I haven't so, finished, I haven't finished my, my I argument. Have stuff to say too. I, let me finish my argument. The reason why I won is because I had a $100 OS in there. I'm sorry. Every time he says it. I had $100 in there. I'm saying it that way intensely now. I had a $100 OS in there. I had the same GPU as all three of you. If I took uh, my $100 well. OS out of there... I could have easily had a 580. I, I could have. I was like, I was kind of contemplating just building a 580 build and then yeah, doing but the cheater route too. But no, I didn't. Cut back on the CPU. But quite you know a what? Uh, it was still a Ryzen 3 1200, still a quad part. 
I mean, I don't honestly think it's going to be a huge difference between the parts you and there's even an Intel. I could have gone higher. I'm I'm sorry. I I think I my 580 against your systems. I think would uh, well, fine. you know, because I, I'm I'm behind the chat. I, I consider myself a man of the people as much as I, I, I have can. a thing to bring up. So don't diverge. The chairman oh, okay. recognizes. Oh, All right. Well, real quick, real just, quick side note. David Wilson gave us five dollars, saying that there there needs to be a, a Gordon whiskey smooth thirty. Uh, <laughs> whiskey fan. So anyway, go ahead, Brett. I drink it. So I just want to bring up that if I was, you know, if my nephew who did lawns all all year, all summer long, came to me and said, "I've got five hundred dollars to spend," Uncle Brad, you know, this is your job. Help me build a PC. Get as much as I can for this. I 100% would say, hey, man, let's go to Kingwin and get one of these $25 ones because I know you're on that strict thing. That's what you can get. It's a legit thing. You activate it. It works. <laughs> Two, as I brought up last week, I think it really <laughs> is telling for this new era of Windows that you can just active. You can just say, I'm not going to activate Windows and it will never shut off. Every other iteration of Windows, if you got a trial, it lasted 30 days and Windows 10 they infused all sorts of live services. You'll get pop-ups for Office 365. You'll get ads on your lock screen. Your thing Skype. will pop up and say, hey, use Bing, not Chrome. Skype never shuts off. I genuinely think that Microsoft's money considerations these days are tied into the live services. That's why they want you using Windows and won't shut it off if you don't activate it and getting the money from OEMs. I know you have to pay for it. Uncle I know Brad. that's why I would go to Kingwin. I'm saying it is worth considering, though. Uh, like Uncle there Brad. is a difference. Microsoft tangibly made that difference for a reason. Uncle it used Brad. to be 30 day trials. I have a question, Uncle Brad. <laughs> I got this really cool Minecraft screenshot, this, and I wanted to put it as my desktop image. How do I do that, Uncle Brad? Uh, you do that real easy because. It would say activate Windows in the same place that it does right on your desktop anyway. It doesn't let you change uh, stuff. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so <laughs> just so we don't run out of time, we do have some things. Like I said, uh, I think for me, putting a, a barometer into the, the water of all the comments, you know, whether live or in the, the pre-recorded stuff, I think a lot of the people uh, had had more to say about Elena and Brad winning wanting uh than than Gordon. even gordon or i they, hey I, I will say there were some people who liked my my I nice did little like take the shout out to yours but you know uh, also part of the rules right we everyone was operating under the assumption of a gaming pc you know no. so i, I kind of broke the rules i also went over price so you know i'm fine with that i wanted to kind of mix it up just to try something a little different because i knew i, I was wasn't really gonna want. i was really glad you brought yours i told you this after the show yeah. because i thought that was very valuable perspective for mm -hmm. people who aren't necessarily Absolutely. gaming yeah, but there's definitely I, I think I think it's safe to say most of the people are either between Brad and Elena, uh, and you know if if I had to weigh it one way, I think maybe probably Elena. If if I'm if I'm gonna say it, like sure. That. Yeah, you just download Windows I Seven. Think I think it's a tie, honestly, because like I mean, like our builds are so similar, Brad. They're just like we made slightly different choices. I had a five eighty. Okay. You folks had a five seventy. I'm just saying that he and I made very similar choices, and like we only really diverged on like the RAM choice, really. Yes, yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah. I tell you what, though. Again, the, the Windows Seven, like you just brought up, if fine, if we're gonna buy a legit version of Windows, uh, if my nephew comes to me and I know that's an option to buy Windows Seven and spend two hours installing that and then upgrading to save him seventy five bucks and a five hundred dollar bill, I totally would. 
Cool. I don't know what you're looking at me for. I don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I, th- I think uh, before we need to leave, we should get to some questions because if we skipped it last week, mm-hmm. are, we, yes. are we okay with that? Yeah, Anything else so to say? I, I will. I, I think I do want to end this by saying people really enjoy this. I think we should definitely do this a little bit more often mm-hmm. and also hit different price points. 500 yeah. is, is fun. But I think, you know, you can build some really amazing PCs right now for like 750 I agree. Like personally, that's probably where my budget is uh, for most of my PC builds that I've done. I think I said it last week. If I didn't, I'll just say it again now. If I had $50 more even, 550 is a really good spot for a budget builder. There's something about going down to 500 that really makes it constrained, but yeah. having just another 50 bucks to play yeah, cause, with I mean, my, would the, have been my, great. My ideal one, which I actually think is a actually pretty good uh, video editing machine was like 550 so yeah. 560 somewhere I mean, in there. Because for me, I could have upgraded the RAM to 16 gigs. I probably, if I found the right pricing, like I could have maybe squeezed in a 580. Um, yeah. Just... Yeah. I think really if point. we move up to seven fifty or thousand or whatever, anyway, it'll have a lot more diversity in builds too. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody just and pointed that out too. the operating system then too. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I will we'll, say we my will lay out point rules. that I want to make is that Gordon is genuinely mad about this. He spent like twenty minutes yelling at us after the show ended the other. Uh, longer than twenty minutes. Uh, longer than twenty. <laughs> I mean, minutes. Because, another fifteen here. Because I here. know yeah. I'm. I had a five eighty. <laughs> And you know, <laughs> okay, uh, so we have some questions. Uh, if you want to get your questions in, you can you, you can put them in our uh, full nerd Discord any day of the week. Uh, I mark them. I, we will circle back to them. I I do have some, uh, a couple from from the actual stream itself. I try to pull them, but you know, people are talking so quick. So full nerd Discord. That's where you're definitely going to get it uh, read. So uh, earlier uh, in the show, Game Bacardi said uh, had a QA about mobile games. Uh, if uh, if not about mobile games, if you have not given credit cards or anything else information into the Google Store, you can't buy anything. Is a mobile game still able to charge money? Send you a bill uh, on Android? I don't think yeah. that's actually true because you can buy a Google Play credit. That's how I pay for things because I don't like to leave a credit card on file either. True, you can't you can't get billed though. I mean, yeah, Google Play credit uh, is the question: Can you pay for stuff? Or is the question is: Can you accidentally pay for stuff and they'll send you a bill? No, can you pay for stuff? Also, you know, I I think they're kind of hinting at you know it's kind of a different ecosystem than what we're used to. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, because you can get it like if you're going through Steam or console or something like that. Get you cards. know, it's, it's yeah. The gift card stuff. Gift cards. But I, yeah, I just, they're definitely oh, Android could, Play gift cards. Yeah, I, I guess all, I didn't know but that. But you can do it all yeah. platforms. So, like, Steam, you have gift cards. Xbox and PlayStation, you have gift cards. And then mobile, depending whether it's the iOS, or for iOS or for Android, there's also gift cards. So, I mean, what you do is you go down. I don't know where they live, but if they're in the U.S., you would go to, like, Target or Walmart or, you know, even a grocery store, and you can buy these gift cards with cash. And then load up and your then, account with And them. then load up your account with them. And... You can also set your account so that every time you make a purchase, um, you have to put in your password. So that way you avoid accidental charges. Right. So that's how you can kind of uh, safeguard your privacy um, and your, you know, stashed funds at the same time. Do you think the person wants to know if they can be accidentally in, buy something like, oh, my gosh, I ran up five hundred dollars and I didn't put it you, in my credit if, card. If that's what the question is, you can't do that in mobile games. Yeah, because they will. <laughs> they want their money up front. Mm hmm. Well, in-game purchases, right? Can't you like? You still have to go to the store, sign up for a subscription. So no matter what, it's believe me. If you could get away for free, then delete your account. No, that's never going to happen, right? Because 
then no, everybody would do it. Can't you just accidentally buy things in game though? Like you accidentally click this thing, avatars. come in and give us money, right? <laughs> so if you like have it set to give you money, they will take you to the store and you got to pay oh, for I see. it, right? It's not. Yeah. There, it's the only way they can collect money on, on okay. Android, unless it's a third party market. Which I see is what you're different. saying. Okay. So over on the Fulner Discord, uh, Mogo Moz, Mogo MDS, um, AMD says that temperatures of up to 110 Celsius uh, with its RX 5700 series graphic cards are expected and within spec for typical gaming usage. Why is AMD trying to mislead and confuse everyone? Do you want to weigh in on this, Brad? Because that's that's, that's, that's a mess. I do. Because it actually blew up on Twitter when I retweeted something from the former editor-in-chief of Tech Report and Steve from Gamers Nexus saw it. Uh... So the truth is kind of somewhat in the middle of those things, right? Because AMD knows what these GPUs are rated for. AMD, like I was talking about with the Radeon 7 earlier, tracks a junction temperature that measures all these different sensors, not just the core GPU sensor that has traditionally been the case, which they also provide temperatures for. Um, So, I mean... The card, the reference cards are working. Yes, they do. They do get to 110 degrees Celsius. Yes, they're still working. Yes, they're fine. They work. That's what it's rated for. That's what it is, etc. Steve is right in that. Yes, the blower style design does still kind of suck because the ten dollar Sapphire Pulse cooler that I tested recently doesn't come anywhere close to 110 degrees in junction temperature. Uh, Investing in a better cooler will bring temperatures down, and the way modern GPUs work, that'll bring performance up. So, investing in a better cooler is good. It'll get you more performance. That being said, AMD is still correct in that these cards are rated for 110 degrees Celsius. They're going to go up there, and they're going to throttle, which sucks for gaming performance. But it is what it is. I mean, they're the ones who design and engineer these products. They're the ones who know... What's actually going? They're the one who made the decision to sell these products to the public, which they wouldn't do if it was actually defective and couldn't run at those temperatures. Yes, custom coolers can do better. Uh, yes, blower style cards kind of suck, and most people shouldn't buy them. So the truth is kind of in the middle of those two things. I feel. Yeah, it right. feels like they were. It was people were just immediately assumed both, though, in mm-hmm. that argument that I, I remember. Watching from the side with some popcorn. So. Interesting. Uh, again, Gamers Nexus has a great video about that. I link to it in the chat. Uh, this one specifically for you, Gordon. Uh, just Juan. give me a yes or no. Uh, it's from Get Get Fired for buying Intel. A weird name. Uh, are there any reasons to buy Intel Xeon instead of Epic? You know, that is that is obviously way outside our our, our consumer uh, charter. But yeah, there are plenty of reasons to buy Xeon for instead of epic especially good lord these things are not just simply they buy them at newegg when they're on sale there are, <laughs> there's a there's a there's a huge investment in technology and building these you know a lot of these not they don't in the old days they used to buy these from you know oems now they build their own but there's a lot of infrastructure that is built around it your software could also be designed for the strengths of xeon Right. If it actually runs better on Xeon, uh, if it runs better on core, you're going to go with what it runs better on. So there are definitely legitimately real money reasons why to buy Xeon instead of Epic. If you want to switch everything over to Epic in your data center, 
how much does that cost? It could cost a huge amount of money, and it's just not worth it. So does Epic offer an amazing amount of performance and for the money and just what you're getting? Yeah, that's awesome. But there's there's more to it than just a single chip. There's yep. And there's also, let's face it, these are companies, if you are really big data center and you're buying these things and you've got a relationship with Intel and you've had one with Intel for 15 years or 20 years that really is it worth breaking that relationship for what is you know potentially something that could be a temporary loss in performance to the other guy or gal or is it worth it and these are all business decisions these are all way outside our pay grade there's decisions that are made you know uh, way looking years and years down the road. So there are real reasons. So get off the, the my team is better thing. It's just the, when it comes to business, they don't care what you or I think about who wins. They only care about their money. So, And I think that's important, uh, something that's important to point out that you touched on, again, even though it's way outside our normal purview, is uh, that AMD is still relatively new to this. They're on third generation Epic, and they look like they kick all kinds of butt. People who buy this data center hardware buy hundreds of thousands of dollars for it across facilities, and they're looking years out. Um, There's a reason why in all of AMD's CPU marketing for this generation, including the consumer marketing with AM4 chipset, they keep driving home the point, you know, we're delivering what we promised. It's because before Ryzen, they hadn't done that in a decade. So they have a lot of trust to earn back. And if you're building on data centers, that's what you're fighting against. Yeah. The new chips do look awesome, but that all plays into consideration. Yeah. So there's a lot of things. But you know what? Do I think Epic's going to be a fantastic hit for data centers? Hell yeah. Why would it not yep. be, right? And I, I've made this argument that if you're a data center, you know what? You got to see, you've been stuck with a single source vendor for two decades now, right? Well, well I guess 15 years, Athlon. Um, you're going to go like, hey, if you're Google, if you're Amazon, you say, we're looking at somebody else. And then Intel's like, hey, what do we give you a better deal, right? That's part of the business of mm-hmm. of how you make deals. That's that's just the way it is. I, I think Epic's going to be a, a smash hit no matter what. So, A smash hit. Yeah. Uh, so this one is actually for me from uh, One Hour Late French Time. Ah. Okay, interesting name. Uh, hi, Adam. Oh, hello. Uh, it was really interesting to get your view on a the $500 PC build. I was surprised at first by your primary build, but I understand 4-core with the highest clock speed possible is a c- clever compromise, and not only for video photo editing. Uh, I still don't understand the GPU part on the second one. There's a whole world between the 1650 and the 1030. Help me understand which build do you prefer and why. Uh, I will say that, uh, yeah, my second build, I up- upgraded my CPU to Intel, with six cores, IGP, uh, but downgraded my GPU to a 1030. Not great for gaming, obviously. I don't think anyone re- would recommend a 1030. Can a, can a 1030 even game? <laughs> really? <laughs> sure. Technically. I mean, there are people playing on older school Intel. It's the most popular GPU on Steam, oh, yeah. right? So, okay. uh, well, a 1030 can play esports. So, yeah, uh, in I use Adobe uh, Creative Cloud. Uh, Premiere uses uh, CUDA encoding on... Um, on uh nvidia gpus uh and the 1030 uh helps accelerate that so not just for the actual um like playback of of the videos but also the encoding hardware uh so i could i could even do that i mean with so with the cpu the igp and uh that gpu that is enough 
for me to be happy from a video editing perspective. Uh, would I see uh, some more gains in stepping up? Uh, yes, but I, I also don't think, especially for Premiere Pro, I'm not seeing a huge difference past like a 1060, really. You know, so you're not, you're just not going to scale the way that that gaming mm-hmm. uh, a stronger graphics card does not equate better encoding times because uh, it's so CPU reliant. Uh, so you're going to say something, Cord? Yeah, sorry, I got some bad news, man. Oh, um, GP one hundred eight in who's, who's calling? Is somebody calling? <laughs> no, it is not. I could have, <laughs> I could pretend and have somebody call, but it is uh, so GT ten thirty though. Unf- well, wait a minute. There is so there's NV decode support. There is one decoder chip in the ten thirty. There is no encoder chip. In the 1030 part, which is <laughs> really, <laughs> really? Uh, but I saw it on the. Oh, I, I mean, NV Inc. Uh, NV Inc. Support matrix number of chips one number of NV huh. Inc. Because it, it's zero. it's on the Adobe website, but I, I guess I didn't. I uh, think they're using it for the decode support, uh, so okay. they're counting that. You okay. know that that technicality being said, I just want to jump in and just give Adam a pat on the back and say, man, I'm really glad you're on this show because you bring such a valuable perspective from the real world that none of us would be able to bring to this. And I love that you're in here to answer questions like that. Well, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Sorry, I thought I muted uh, my phone. Oh, geez. Come on, Satya Nadella. Calling again. Texting him this uh, time. Yeah, so uh, here's uh, one from uh, YouTube. Uh, Luis uh, Holopert. Um, what would you choose between a 2070 non-super and a... A RX 5700 XT for the same price. I would definitely choose the 5700 XT uh, because the 2070 non-super is like neck and neck with the 2060 super, uh, which, like we were talking about earlier, is about 10% slower than the XT, but it has many fewer ray tracing units cores dedicated hardware so the ray tracing performance would be lacking compared to say the 2070 super uh so i would definitely probably suggest the 5700 xt for 400 ish dollars uh gordon what do you think i i think it's a wobbler i i think there are legitimately people who want to check out the new stuff and mm-hmm. at the same price 2070 is going to get you, I mean, you might turn a couple things off, but I think at least it lets you, it gets you a ticket into the, the amusement park. The other one, you're just kind of stuck outside. And for people who do want to explore ray tracing and think it's coolness, they want to play Minecraft, they want to play Quake, mm-hmm. Path Trace, then yeah, I, I, I can't begrudge that person because it's just like, is your money, this is the feature that you think is cool, then, you know, go for it, you know? It's, and if you can actually, if you can get no it right decision, bucks, the 2070 is just slightly more powerful than the 2060 Super, actually. So definitely get that if you're going to lean the ray tracing way. Yeah. Elena? Brad pretty much said it all. So I don't have anything new to contribute. And then Gordon took the other bit that I could have said. <laughs> no, because it really, I mean, we but can't decide for you. I, I, I get uh, that. I will say, though, that I feel like a lot of times, though, we say this, we, we often say, like, we got to do what's right for you, which I wholeheartedly agree with. But I do feel like when someone asks that question, which one would you do? They kind of want you to tell them what to do. No. In this, in this price range, like I said, I would probably go for the 5700 XT because I feel like we were discussing earlier, ray tracing performance isn't 
anywhere near as powerful as you would get out of the 2080 Ti. And more raw frames is always great. It is always good. I wasn't quite done. What I wanted to add was they want oh, you sorry. to... No, it's a cool. It's cool. Because I think you just re, also recapped um, on what we had talked about earlier in the show, which is that like you're really going to see the most benefit and honestly longevity out of the higher tier cards when it comes to our, uh, ray tracing anyway. Uh, what I was going to add is that a lot of times people ask this kind of question, they want you to tell them what to do, not because they're going to blindly follow it, but because they want it to have such a thorough like perspective so they can figure out for themselves how they want to respond to that perspective. Well, what I typically do is ask them what they want to do, what they care about, and then make a recommendation. And then I do too. give them the pluses and minuses. But I disagree with your assessment. Most people that want to ask you, they don't care. They've already made up their mind. But you tell them all the reasons they should do this and do that. And That's it's what like, I mean. They want they, you to tell them what to do so they can decide, yeah, that kind of affirms what I was going to do anyway, so I'm going to do it. No. Or, no, that's really not what I want to do after all, so they, I'm they, not They don't do care it. about your opinion. They're just wasting your time. Is that's how my mom feels, but she doesn't understand <laughs> that every time I ask her and then I do the opposite, it's because I needed someone to be like, definitively do this, and I'm like, oh, my emotional reaction to that is actually this, so I should do this instead. <laughs> And don't ask. And don't ask. Like, well, what do you think I should do? Oh no, she hates it. I, right? Because it's like you don't care. Do I will give you the pluses and minuses. You make your decision. You go the left. I need way, to have an emotional right reaction, way. Gordon. <laughs> That's really great. I'm not going to get that. I'm going to get a 1080 Ti on eBay for nine hundred dollars, Brad. <laughs> Uh, two quick questions for Elena, and then we'll get out of here. Yes, uh, Dennis Siberian in the YouTube chat uh, says, uh, y'all talked about buying used stuff. Just wanted to ask if the same uh, logic applies to refurbished parts. Um, well, I think when we talk about used, it was only very specific to CPUs because, I mean, we don't recommend buying a GPU used typically um, unless you really know the source and it's really cheap and so on and so forth. Um, refurbish is a slightly different beast because usually refurbished products, if you're buying it through like a big retailer or even the manufacturer themselves, it comes with a limited warranty. So if you're going to buy a refurbished part, you should use it right away and like actually put it under the stress you're going to normally do. So that way, if there's a problem with it, you will know soon enough within like, usually it's like 90 days. You can like RMA it if you need to. Yeah, and in my in my experience, when you're talking about electronics, these complicated machines and whatnot, things that are going to fail are going to fail pretty close to immediately in the first month, or it's going to be like five years. So refurbished is a great middle ground, I feel, because used it's a crapshoot. But if you get refurbished and you have that sixty or ninety day window, then if it's going to fail, it's probably going to fail in that time. Hmm. The only thing that bugs me about refurb parts or refurb parts and refurb computers is it always makes me wonder when you buy it from someone they're selling it to you use it's like usually it's like they're doing their upgrade a refurb could either mean oh you know they got an open box and they had to return it we can't sell it as new that's that's a great deal you're basically getting a new product as refurb because they can't sell it as new Or you're getting, oh, this is actually a guaranteed bad part we're selling you. <laughs> I mean, that's what it means, right? <laughs> Person had it. We tried to troubleshoot it. It's bad. We took it back, and then we put it back in inventory. It's like, it's like sometimes no, it they can... they do that. They might fix it and then put it back in inventory, and then that's the danger. It. But it is the one thing that is like, it is a, it's sort of like, a, it's a coin flip if you buy used from somebody else. 
but sometimes it feels like refurb is like, oh yeah, it's guaranteed bad. That's hard to refurb. Which is why you should also run it hard when you first get it, yeah, just to see yeah. if it's going to fail. I, I think that was a bigger concern back in the day for refurbs. I feel like today's refurb programs tend to be more of the, like, someone bought it, had buyer's remorse, or just wanted something else, and then they just return it and they can't sell it as new. And I feel like that's the case for at least the really big manufacturers. So, like, on the pre-built side, like your Dells and whatnot, and then also, um, you know, your EVGAs and, you know, Corsairs and all that on the other side, because they're so big they can't afford to upset their customers with bad publicity. By saying like, oh, you bought refurb and then you had a total crap experience. Well, too bad. They can't do that to their customers. Okay. Uh, do we have time for one more, bread, Or do we need to get... Yep. All right. Yep. Uh, so Takashi7 uh, on Discord said, isn't the best time to buy hardware after a new console generation comes out? That way you know the specs are better than the console and can run all games for that generation. That's their PC buying strategy. Uh, I it don't, I feel, I feel like this question's a troll, like Gordon, like signed up under a different name to ask me this question. Um, Probably. just because in general, like most consoles are always going to be less powered than like the best you can build for a PC. So, I mean, you don't necessarily yeah. need to work off their specs. Don't you remember those days when it used to be like, uh, legitimately, if you're not being just a fanboy, fangirl, you should be able to say, Wow. You you seriously beat us. You really cleaned our clock this time. Uh, yeah, you console or Apple or whoever your your hated enemy is. You should mm-hmm. be able to admit, like, yeah, you beat us good this time. I just can't remember the last time because <laughs> yeah. it used to really. Be, I'm an old timer, and I remember the the console people would come over and they they yeah, you know, because you know mm-hmm. we worked at a PC publication and there were console publications and they lowered it over you for a second. And there was a point where. It really did. Consoles beat PCs. Yeah, I, I'm the original Xbox. I, I watched yep. a uh, a video recently of of somebody talking about the original Xbox, and they're like, "Yeah, the GPU it had in it was actually better than the desktop version of the GPU that it, you could get." And it lasted for a very short time. I will tell you that yeah. it will last a very short time. But now all console players get to do is talk about value and about value and how about it's not it's about graphics. No, they ar- they argue about each other. Yeah, yeah, that too. But <laughs> yeah, that's why you don't like their so game. Much I gotta tell you though, when the Xbox One, the Xbox One and the PlayStation Four specs came out, and I'm like, oh, that thing has Jaguar cores. I'm set for a decade. <laughs> no, and I will say, everybody on PC in the oh, PC here we go. experience, <laughs> the facial expression. Right, no, for it's a really in. good. This that is a one thing. That is a one thing we can all agree is when there's a new when actually the new consoles launch and when the new right and they launch that is the best time to build a super high end machine you reach deep you you build the most awesome powerful thing because then you get to rub it in your friend's face I when they come it. over to I knew it well, no, I, I mean, that's sort of, I can see that strategy does kind of work. I mean, that might be worth it. Yeah, I mean, you, I, like, I think, you show I, them like a game, like running all kinds of, yeah. You know. I think even if you're not buying a high-end PC, that sounds like a totally fine, what this dude or chick is thinking is totally works for me. Like that, like, if you know the Xbox Scarlet comes out and it's, you know, a Core i5 with a RX 580, I'm just pulling name numbers out that's, and you build a PC that has a Core i7 and a 590 just to be that little extra closer to the metal bump ahead, then yeah, you know you got gaming performance for this console generation at console level at the very least. I mean, that yep. sounds kind of smart to me, actually. Yeah. If you're, if you're trying to uh, just keep pace with that so that you can always just stay a little ahead of it, then yeah, it's a, it is a great strategy. I just When I first heard the question, I was like... <laughs> 
Is this a troll from Gordon? No, I, I'm, it's not a bad idea. I mean, like, could you? I just can't imagine. Like, yeah, I got to go buy you know two twenty eighties and run them in SLI now. Just <laughs> yeah. or four. I new consoles coming out. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Let's get out of here. I'm hungry. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's lunchtime. And where are my notes here? Wait, sorry, was not ready. Check back next week. Check for... back next week for your fix on PC talk on the full nerd for audio listeners. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, and also please leave a review every time you do. Gordon wins a $500 building contest. <laughs> Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon with Brad Jarkus. Adios. Elaine Yee. Bye, everyone. And I still won the contest. And Patrick Murray. Go play Control. Do it.